Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Bids, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, I'm super excited to have an international guest on this week. Um, it's been super fun just connecting with people all around the world, and I can't wait to hear her story. So my guest this week is Pauline Malubai, and she is the founder of Pauline Malubai Consulting. So thanks so much for joining me. Hey, Nicole, and hello, listeners. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. What time is I was just thinking of that, actually. What time is it over in England right now? It's 10 p.m. on a Friday night. <laughs> my dedication for the U.S. market. <laughs> oh, my God. I was working with one of my clients. They have um, some agency workers in the Philippines. And the other day I was talking to her. It was 1 o'clock my time. And I was like, well, what time is it your time? She's like, 4 a.m. I was like, oh, my God, you're a trooper. Like, she worked, they work all through the night, you know? So, I, yeah. I was just like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely interesting having a global workforce, especially with what's happening in the world with the mm-hmm. remote work revolution. Um, it's definitely very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's crazy. It's like it's amazing what the internet has done. You know what I mean? Like we can all yeah. work together pretty seamlessly. I was on a coaching call this morning, and we were actually talking about um, cell phones and well for our kids because I don't want to get one for my kid, neither does she. And I mm-hmm. was telling her, like, I grew up in high school with the beeper, like it was before the cell phone. And it's just like right. crazy how how things have evolved since then. Yeah, it's amazing. Technology moves so quickly. It's very, yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, let's dive in. I can't wait to hear about what you do, um, how long you've been doing it, who you help. And, you know, just yeah, tell us all of the details. Yeah, amazing. So I was always one of those people that had to be doing a million different things. And I never thought that I would become a business owner. And it was it's really interesting because I feel like as small business owners, we're always juggling a million different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, um, my business now is an agency, which means running a team, running different services, having different offerings. And I've recently started um, a coaching practice as well, mentoring online service providers um, because I managed to grow my agency so quickly. And um, so that's my business, PMC. We're an online service um, digital agency for online entrepreneurs. And I also coach and mentor um, online service providers. And the, the, the journey to entrepreneurship it has been uh, really like roller coastery, as most <laughs> entrepreneurs will tell you. Um, I was actually a side hustler for a very long time. On top of my corporate job, I started working online as an English teacher, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed meeting other people from all over the world, like anywhere from Asia to South America to Europe, and. Um, it's amazing, like the power of technology and that cultural exchange that happens. And I really enjoyed it. But at the same time, I was also dealing with a lot of uh, a very toxic work environment in corporate life. So true to a lot of 
you know, online business owners um, left corporate because I got given basically an ultimatum by my boss. And he said, you either focus 100% on the job uh, and close down your side hustle business um, or like leave. And I was not very happy at the time. And so I was like, you know what? I can definitely make more money by myself. I'm scrappy. I can do this. Um, and I actually like quit and just went full in. And I started off as a VA, like most people do, mm-hmm. and quickly uh, found my first client before I even finished my VA course that I was doing to retrain. And from there, it just kind of blew up and I was super grateful. And I think, you know, when COVID happened, um, that was also kind of a massive ma- madness that was also sort of a blessing because loads of businesses needed VAs, loads of businesses went online. So um, although it had been a crappy period for a lot of business owners, I think the online space can can really blossomed and I think will continue to blossom going forward. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about my background, really. Before that, I was working in the big tech companies and um, yeah, very corporate, very bureaucratic. And it's been really interesting being on the complete other side, you know, solopreneurs, supporting small businesses, um, and it's been uh, such a great learning curve. Oh, I love that. So how old were you when like, when you had to decide to go out on your own? Like, and I can't believe I, they asked you to do that. That is so messed up. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I was, re- I was struggling with the nine to five because um, I was actually being, uh, it was a very harsh environment. And I was actually, there was actually, uh, I didn't know now, but looking back, there was definitely like bullying and happening. Mm-hmm. Um which made me struggle, um, which meant I was not a good employee anyway. So it's not like I, <laughs> I blamed, I blamed them for like being like, well, this is lack of focus. But for me, I knew it wasn't lack of focus. It was more of the discomfort of being in that environment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, I actually love my, my boss at the time, but yeah, I, I, I completely got the rationality of what he meant, but mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but you know, you know, when it's like, okay, this is rock bottom and it's like, you look back and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love that. So it's funny because I feel like, well, right before we jump on the call, you you had mentioned that you listened to last week's um, podcast about, you know, delegation and VAs. And Mm. so these aren't the questions that I sent you, but I was wondering, it just popped into my mind because it was interesting to get Brett's perspective of being like a small business owner hiring a VA, but you've Mm. been a VA and you help VAs. So I would love to get your perspective on that side. Like, you know, for VAs, like that are starting to work with business owners, like what would y'all like your tips be to like make that transition, like to make it easier for everybody, like to make it the best, you know, kind of working relationship. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's, um, Client management has definitely been the biggest learning curve by mm-hmm. far um, when you start your, when you become a CEO of your own thing. And I think it's just accepting that you are going to make mistakes. Like yeah. you're, you, you are going to send the wrong email. You are going to say something that um, might make them feel uncomfortable or you might have your boundaries. You may not assert your boundaries early on and you might feel a little bit like you undercharge and that's okay. Like you will kind of fumble a little bit in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but just to keep going. And uh, because the more kind of 
it's weird because the more mistakes you make and the, the longer you're you keep playing the game or you keep in the you keep being in business um the more confident you will be and the more the stronger your intuition will be right to, to weed out the clients that are not for you um and what i found is that in the beginning it was like yeah i, w- I was too nice <laughs> like i was like yeah you know yeah it'll work out i've had I mean, I've been blessed with amazing clients, but I've also um, chosen clients that uh, looking back, I was like, I should have seen the red flags, but because mm-hmm. I was so new, yeah, um, because I was so new, I just didn't really, or I was too nice, maybe is a better better explanation, um, that I, I wasn't able to kind of say no. And also sometimes, and this is this is so normal, especially when you're just starting out and you don't have any clients, you operate from a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundant mindset. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a scarcity mindset, and this is what I work on a lot with my mentor mentees, um, is that you just take anyone. You you think that there's not enough, your ideal clients are not there or they're not going to find you or you're scared of, you know, how are you going to pay rent or how are you going to feed your kids? You know, you have, you get into your head and you start to take clients that are long-term will drain your energy and are just not in alignment with you and your values and where you want your business to go. And I totally get that. So I think just starting from the place of like self-compassion and just knowing that eh, it's it's not going to be perfect at the beginning, you're probably going to fumble a little bit, but the more you stay in the game, the more you're consistent with it, the more client you get or, or more client you work with, the better your intuition will be at finding the right ones for you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so true. Yeah. I think in the beginning, we all do that. Like you take whoever for however much, you know, just because you're excited to get started and you don't have the confidence, but yeah, as you keep going, like you said, it gets so much easier to connect and attract the people that you want to work with. And then it's just amazing. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so like from your perspective, um, what like so say something like a listener is like listening and they're like hey, I do need a VA like I listened to the one last week convinced that like I can you know make more money you know hand things off that I don't like what would your tip like for that business owner be like to start working with a VA like from your experience yeah so I definitely agree with Brett when he said you should have hired yesterday hundred <laughs> percent if you hire you always have to hire before you're ready if you hired if you hire when you're overwhelmed you've hired too late mm-hmm. that's kind of the 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 um uh most likely if you are just starting out and you're like okay well you know i still have my nine to five you need a va like you need to maximize your time so that you are making sales and getting new clients through the door. That's your job as a CEO. The actual delivery not, is not, depending on your business, doesn't necessarily have to fall on you, but you need to be like the PR, PR, the face, the sales, you know, the, the closer in the beginning. And all the administrative stuff you need to like delegate out because you don't need to be doing that. Um, what I would say is that if you are very much in the startup stage, um, Hiring does not necessarily mean that you pay someone. Hiring might be, you know, getting your 10-year-old to help you with Canva graphics, you know. Mm-hmm. And people, are, like, kids are really good now, and it's a great experience for them to... I have a coach who um, her 
her 10 year old does the um the countdown for her Facebook lives oh and that's awesome it's awesome right and then you know there's like take interns um if you have a sister or who's studying art in you know in college who might be able to help you out with branding like be scrappy um but definitely get help as soon as you can um hire interns obviously like check out the legal legalities with the state that you have to pay them a specific or it's got to count through their college credit or something like that Mm -hmm. but there are ways to get help without necessarily uh giving monetary value you know in exchange for coaching or stuff like that or bartering services is another way um what i would say is that when you are ready to hire like properly hire pay long term as a va really look into making sure that you have an onboarding process for them Mm -hmm. and that you know exactly what the main deliverables of that role is and to actually create a job description it's going to take you about a you know a day you know two days but in long run the more you have your needs documented the more likely you're going to find the right candidate so making sure that you have a job specification um and you have a sort of system of hiring because um they always say hire slow but fire fast right as the saying so make sure that the right person is for you and make sure that um you know your mission and your vision and your core values in your business because your core values are so important in hiring the right person for you so i'll give you an example in my agency one of our core values is candor and fun Mm. so you need to be someone who is able to just speak their mind but also get uh feedback and not take it personally because we're very honest here and um we also want you to have fun. So we don't want you to be serious or formal in meetings. We want to know about your, you know, your, your life beyond working. Um, so that's one of the things that you kind of need to know so that, you know, you're reading out the candidates that perhaps are not quite in alignment with you uh, and your, and where your business is and what it stands for. Oh, I would I also that. say, I would Sorry, also I just, say, I love all that. <laughs> Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I love hiring to be honest. It's one of my favorite things to do for my clients. Um, the other things would be also make sure that you have standard operating procedures, which sounds so fancy, but what they are is, are just instructions on how to do specific parts, uh, processes in your business. So if you have a blog, how do you upload a blog using WordPress? Or if you have, if you use Canva to create your content, how do you create a graphic? Um, what are your logins? Make sure that those are documented so that you are um, you are giving that person that you've hired, um, whether they're interns or family members or um, VAs or whoever, um, the best uh, kind of chance to succeed in the role because no one can extract things from your brain I mean they can but you have to kind of create the video and talk them through it and then they can maybe learn from your video but um really make sure that you have things documented because that will make that will make um their life easier to do the job for you so that's all my tips yeah I love that they're so practical and like simple like you know in a great way you know because I feel like people we tend to overthink hiring you know what I mean and like when you said like SOPs people like oh god what is that like I have to go you know to like Kinko's and you know print out like a like some sort of like manual but it really isn't like that it's really just 
writing the instructions or even taking like a loom video and putting it somewhere that they have access to so they can learn you know yeah absolutely and you know it's gonna take a lot of it's gonna take uh, you know some time I always say to my clients to speed up you need to slow down so training and creating the SOPs might you know take depending how big your business is can take up two months you know or just a few weeks if you really focus in on it but in the long run think about how much quicker it would be to onboard and grow onboard new employees or uh contractors into your business and then you can just give them your SOP library and they can just read through it and you don't have to do anything (laughs) and it's so nice and they can start being productive straight away for you yeah that's awesome yeah and it makes them feel good about what they're doing you know like you don't nobody wants to be that person that's like asking questions because you're not really sure what's going on you know what I mean so if you set them up for success and it's all you know laid out there and you guys open communication like that's just a win-win yeah absolutely Oh, I love that. And I love that you said hire before you're ready. Cause yeah, I think we all have made the mistake of waiting till the last minute when we're drowning and then that, you know, could start off yeah. like way better than that. Yeah. It's scary. I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, uh, there's a lot of mindset work yeah. with hiring. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, yeah. And you know, like, I feel like we build these businesses and it's, you know, like they're kind of like our babies and it's like, you're just going to hand it off to someone. You know what I mean? I feel like we have that kind of like subconsciously that we have to kind of work through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I love that. Thank you for sharing those. Like I said, I'm sorry, they weren't on the, the like the questions that I sent you, but they just kind of popped up and yeah, it was yeah, amazing. Ask them away. I love those kind of questions. <laughs> awesome. Um, so how do you like help your business grow? You know, like what's your favorite way to market your business? And like, how do you get out of your comfort zone to crush your goals? My favorite way to market my business is literally guesting on podcasts. Mm. I love meeting other podcasts. I have, I have two podcasts. I have one that's, um, I, I actually was a very old school podcaster. I started podcasting before it was cool when I was still <laughs> in university and in college. And um, and then when I started my business, I made another podcast to for female entrepreneurs, how she owns it. Um, and yeah, it's my favorite way to market. I always say to people, you have to be your PR manager and just pitch yourself to loads of podcasts. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely... I've been wanting to do that more often because I, I have so many guests, but I'd love to be on some too. And I just haven't even like worked that into like my PR strategy, but it is super fun. Like, and it's just, just a great way to meet people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So how do you break out of your comfort zone? And do you have any tips for the listeners on how they can break out of their comfort zone? Yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is. Or can be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people are, it comes very naturally for some people. And then you realize actually does not, I mean, my comfort zone. <laughs> um, so before I used to, uh, so one of the, the things that I've done recently is started going to do Facebook lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm very extroverted, but my first Facebook live was like, I think I did it a few months, like maybe six months ago. I was sweating. Facebook <laughs> kicked me out. My team was like, I was trying to support me. I was sweating. I was 10 minutes late because it kicked me out. I had to go into a different Facebook. It was <laughs> a lot. And um, and now my team is trying to push me to do a TED Talk. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, I don't want to do a TED Talk. <laughs> um, but I think, to, I think sometimes you have to listen to like your friends or family or other people. Yeah. Um, 
to know that you are limiting yourself. And I'm going to explain that because I, it caught me off guard as well. Um, what I mean is that sometimes other people see your greatness before you do. And so you put this limiting beliefs internally, you know, in your head, everyone's got limiting beliefs, right? Um, and not everyone is as self-aware all the time to, to, uh, notice them but then other I think that's the time when you kind of start to listen to other people who are telling you yes you can do that and so my PR manager she's really pushing for me to do this TED talk live Mm -hmm. I'm like no I want to do it like in this you know just in a screen pre-record it she's like no you have to be on stage it's going to be a different kind of thing blah blah blah. and I'm like oh my god this is me push being pushed out of my comfort zone Mm because I got comfortable with doing Facebook lives you know, for six months and just being in, you know, talking in front of a camera. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I think for me, it's like listening to uh, people who care for you, not necessarily for people who don't care for you. Right. That might bring you down. Um, but definitely people who you trust and who know you in like your professional capacity and your personal capacity and just listen to them. Because sometimes when they say something that you find scary, that's probably the next the next past your comfort zone yes uh, oh I love that it's so true you know and I think like we it's hard for us to see some things you know when we're in it like for for instance for me like when I do marketing for other people it's like crazy easy but when I for whatever reason I kind of come up against a block sometimes with my marketing and you know listening to people that know us we trust that love us that can see things that we can't quite see sometimes mm. like that's just huge I love that I can't wait to see your TED talk Oh gosh, we're still pitching it. <laughs> so my PR manager is like put throw affirming it, like, you know, if it's in London, you gotta do it live. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be huge. What is it gonna what's your topic? Or if you can't share it, that's cool too. Yeah, well, we've so there's a few. Um, so we pitched, um, we pitched the, they asked you for different types of talks. So we've pitched about um living uh with mental health in a creative way because for me I actually got a hold of my anxiety a lot more since I became a business owner which is really strange in my head but I think it's yeah usually it causes anxiety right <laughs> but I, mean, I think it's more of the ownership the the control mm-hmm. um that settles my brain a lot more because in corporate life you don't have a lot of control you're very mm-hmm. limited to how other people your schedule and all of that stuff as a business owner, you have full control of everything, like all the risks and all the rewards kind of. Um, so my brain kind of likes it a bit more. So I, that's one of our stuff. And the other thing, one of our pitches that we, uh, yeah, one of our pitches and the other pitch would be, um, would be, I actually volunteered in Zimbabwe when before university, um, helping widowed mothers with, um, with microloan schemes. And that's when I fell in love with women entrepreneurship. And we also wanted to pitch that. So yeah, hopefully we'll we'll hear we'll hear back. Um, my team is doing a great job, uh, you know, writing all the stuff. I'm not I'm not a talented writer, so I'm so I'm so blessed to have them. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I just follow, I followed you on Instagram a little while ago, so I will keep an eye out for when that comes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. We're to your favorites. So, what is your favorite book? Um, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Mm, I've heard of it. It has been recommended, I think, a few times on this podcast, and I have never read it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bit um, it's a classic, I would say, and it's one of those books where you have to just keep rereading it because each time it's like you take something a little bit different. It's quite 
philosophical and and quite a deep book, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I'll put it on the list because we have a little, uh, we have a book club too. So um, like I said, it's been recommended a few times. So um, what is your favorite drink? My favorite drink, I'm, I'm boring. So if it's alcoholic, it's Prosecco. <laughs> that's <laughs> Prosecco always refreshing. Uh, and then um, my favorite drink, like that's not alcoholic it's just water I love water so much (laughs) I know water's good it took me a long time to appreciate it but now that like I (laughs) drink it so much I can't even imagine not having a ton every day um what's your favorite thing to do to relax I love to um see my friends and I also love meditating Mm. so meditation have really helped me okay do you listen to anything or like how did you get into that because I've struggled with sitting and sitting still to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I can't do it. I have a, I used to have a housemate in college that could just meditate for 15 minutes. Oh. And I was like, how do you do that in silence? Um, I use an app. So I knew, uh, so I started with Headspace, which is obviously quite big now. Mm-hmm. I now use uh, an app called Shine. Um, but there's also, there's a plethora of apps and also just YouTube. YouTube have great meditations as well. And I tend to do very quick ones, about five, five minutes. Um, sometimes there's guided journaling. So I do about 13 minutes of that, but it's kind of journaling. So it's not really sitting in silence, but yeah, I can't sit in silence either. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's a great, I never thought of YouTube for some reason, but that makes sense. And I would, yeah, the meditating plus the journaling, that's the win-win. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite thing to watch? Oh, I'm a sucker for comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got, I really got, I recently got into true crime. So I've been watching a lot of like true crime documentaries. Oh, fun. <laughs> it's funny. A lot of people say that, like, that is definitely what it's either like true crime stuff or like Desperate Housewives, not Desperate Housewives, like uh, Real Housewives. <laughs> like, you know, like a lot of people are like, I just want to turn my brain off and watch trash TV. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and where is your favorite place to go? Ooh, what is my favorite place to go? Anything in nature. Hmm. And anything with uh, green, uh, you know, bird singing. I <laughs> love it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so calming, you know, and I think like I recently saw or somebody mentioned that like, I don't know, being out in like nature, like there's like, I don't know what it's called, but like, whatever the trees or grass or, you know, whatever they put off, it's like in the air and it is like really good, you know, for humans. That does not make sense. I'm totally butchering what somebody said, but (laughs) (laughs) hopefully people understand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool. Well, where can everybody find you online to hang out with you more and keep up um, on the TED Talk news? Yeah. So um, my website is helpmepauline.com. That's for all of my agency services and offerings and a little bit about my story and how you can listen to the podcast and join a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. The podcast is called How She Owns It. Um, We got to have you like come on at some point because I always love interviewing other Team entrepreneurs. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And my Instagram is uh CEO Pauline Malabai. Because someone took my name. <laughs> so I really? 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, who has my name? Right. <laughs> it's not a very common name. You would think that you would be able to have that. <laughs> right? I know. Instagram was like, nope, not available. I'm like, okay, I'm a bit scared. Who's using my name? Right. Um, Did you go check it out? Like, what do they look like? <laughs> I couldn't even find one. I was like, why are you not letting me? Um, But yeah, I don't know. Instagram can be funny. And um, I'm Pauline Bay on Facebook and Pauline Malibay on LinkedIn. Um, Yeah, that's me. That's where to find me. So hang out. Um, I do a lot of uh, IG reels and I give a lot of like free informa- informative tips. Most of my mar- marketing are just information and giving you those tips. So, um, you know, with all things mindset, hiring, team management, mostly mindset, because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs can't really, like they need a, as much dose of mindset work <laughs> as mm-hmm. possible. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. That's awesome that you share that. Um, I, cause I know just in my experience, like getting into entrepreneurship and just anything in general, I didn't really realize how important mindset was and like, quote unquote, what the heck mindset, what, like what it even was, you know what I mean? Until I started like researching and reading and it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like eye opening, you know, so I'm so happy that you're sharing that. Um, so I'm definitely going to follow and engage. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been so much fun. Um, thanks so much for staying up so late on a Friday to <laughs> chat with me. <laughs> I had a nap. I'm gonna admit this. I had a, I, I did my work and then I had a nap and I said, I'm ready for the podcast. <laughs> Yay! Well that worked out perfect. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, this has been super fun. So thanks so much for joining me and thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bubbles and Biz. I hope you enjoyed it and are able to walk away with something new to implement or inspired in some way. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, join us in the Bubbles and Biz community. We have weekly accountability and open office hour and rotating events like group coaching from me, networking, expert guests, and more. Join us to connect, collaborate, and celebrate. Learn more at bubblesandbiz.co.